Welcome back to the TEFL Training Institute podcast, everyone. I'm Ross Thorburn, and on today's show, my guests, Deirdrick Van Groep, and I are going to be talking about what makes good teacher training. You'll hear us talking about some general principles for what makes good training, how to deliver input to trainees, how to help trainees remember ideas, how to use trainees' experience as part of the training process, and how to follow up. Enjoy the episode. So if, imagine you've got a bunch of trainees for an hour. Like, What makes that successful or not yeah, successful? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say a good training session is uh, there's some link to theory, not too much, and there is something practical at the end. And ideally, teachers can't wait to try one of the ideas out in their classes. Then you really, I think, hit it. And good training is variety because every group of people is different. Um, so you have to adapt. And you expect the same from the teachers to adapt to their students. Uh, one size fits all, no way. Right. Yeah. And I guess the other thing that you sort of hinted at there is that so many things, if you're doing a good job in training, teachers should be able to copy a lot of what you did yeah. and just do it in teaching as well. I remember one of the, the sort of best bits of feedback I got from a training was a trainee saying something like, after your training, I realized that I can ask the students more about what they want to learn. And I never really said that in the training, but that was kind of how I set the training yeah. up. Yeah. And, and so I think one of the really cool things about training can be that, yeah, if you mirror all these behaviors you'd want to see in the teachers when they teach students, then, yeah, you'll get people sort of learning things at all different levels. Some people might just take away an activity. Some people might take away how you gave the instructions. And some people might take away a sort of a philosophy for how education yeah. should yes. work. Yeah, yeah. And then good training also needs processing, right? So you mean the trainees need to the process ideas. the ideas. So there needs to be reflection. There needs to be memorization of the points you're trying to make. A lot of little techniques so that at the end there is, for example, um, choose one thing from today's input. You're happy to explain to somebody else. Choose one thing that you're not so sure about and you ask somebody else to explain it to you. You have to do those things, I think, because what I noticed many, many times is, like, although you thought you were very clear, that there were misunderstandings, that the interpretation of what you're trying to get across was not the same <laughs> as what you actually had in mind. Um, so that's very useful. Also just memorization, right? Um, one minute, look at the slide and... <laughs> oh, what can you remember? <laughs> what can you remember when I... Yeah, and then talk to your partner, those kind of things. So I think, I think that kind of relates to this idea, and this is definitely a mistake I've made many times, of not including too much stuff. So say, for example, I'm doing a session on like managing students' behavior. A bad training is when I try and teach people everything I know yeah. about managing yeah. students' behavior. Mm -hmm. And then the good training is you pick out like the four or five things that are going to be most useful for them. Yes. And really like go into them in a lot of, almost like a lot of repetition, but maybe mm -hmm. looking at the same thing in, in different ways. Yeah. So you might demonstrate it to the trainees. You might get them to sort mm -hmm. of group these things and or categorize them or maybe get them to talk about, well, how could you use mm -hmm. this with lower level students or higher level yeah. students or yeah. change this in for yeah. a different yeah. topic and then get people to try it out. Yeah. So by the end of the session, there's been this sort of repetition so yeah. many times. And, yeah. and I think it's sort of much better to do whatever four or five tips or techniques that mm. people are actually going to learn and remember than doing yeah when i've done it badly yeah 30 <laughs> 70 slides no one, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah no one yeah. no one remembers anything yeah absolutely and then 
what you as a trainer need to do is then read your audience, right? What are they ready for? What are they willing to take on board? And then make it flexible enough, right? So I've done many inputs that are basically the same content, but then depending on the group of people that you have, it's either some things are left out. And sometimes you dig a lot deeper, sometimes you keep it very practical, and sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't, right? So you try to suss them out, and then you kind of pitch it at where you want it to be. So in, in terms of, sort of finding out about the audience, something I do quite a lot now is I start off a training with this question of, like, what's your biggest challenge with X? Yeah. Or you know, yeah. what, what's, what's the thing that you most have trouble yeah. with with this thing? And then spend a few minutes at the beginning or, you know, sometimes if it's a two or three day training, you could spend a whole hour like getting these ideas out of what the challenges are. And I feel that's very useful as a trainer because you then have these things that you can refer back to and you can teach or train what you want to train. But you can make sure you're also dealing with some of the issues that the trainees bring up. So I'll give you an example, right, of maybe doing a training just something on like engaging communicative activities. But maybe someone's brought up this problem earlier of like, I've got students of different levels in the same class. uh, And what do I do? You know, this is my biggest challenge. And then you might, you know, after you demonstrated this activity, say, okay, so I want you to talk in pairs. How could this activity help you to solve this problem? And then people start to dig under the surface and they go, oh, actually, yeah, one of these roles was easier than the other one. Mm-hmm. And then you've given people a useful activity, mm-hmm. but you've also helped to solve this yeah. problem of some yeah. people in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very good point, right? So I think we've all had the experience where you are great training, but that wouldn't work in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And they have a point, obviously, right? So very often there are restrictions from the institution, from the materials, from parents or whatever expectations there are. And this brings me back to when I just became a director of studies and I had to do training every two weeks. I was just lost, right? I didn't really know what to do. Another very good book that I came across then uh, was Jack C. Richards, Professional Development. And why I liked it so much is I felt like I don't have to come up with a new topic every every two weeks anymore. Because there was one thing called critical incidents. Very simple concept and it really worked. So was there a moment this week in your class or the last two weeks that you actually didn't know what to do? Talk about it with one of the other teachers. What did you do? And then we'll, we'll talk about it as a group and what you can do maybe next time or point people in a certain direction of a website or something. Great stuff, seriously. And then you're actually listening to the needs of the teachers. And, um, and did you find your trick that people always had something to say? Yeah, there was always something, but not the first time. Oh. Uh, I kind of had to maybe even make up a critical incident kind of like right. and, and share it. But once the teachers got into that, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk about that next Wednesday. This is right. worked really well. I always liked it and it made training better. Yeah. And I didn't have to do massive research as well because you just kind of collectively the experience and you share it. Right. I really liked that. And my guess is this critical incidents thing that I used quite a lot was right for that group of teachers I had. Oh. Uh, like fairly inexperienced, but very open, very creative, willing to try anything, right? And wanting to do a good job. I can imagine maybe in other contexts it wouldn't have worked. I definitely have been on Sir Tiesel courses where people are much less willing to talk to each other. So then you know it's going to have to come much more from you. Um, the old trick, of course, is it's, it's kind of like a lame input, but once in a while you do it because it's also encouraging research, 
is the, the typical jigsaw reading type of thing. Oh, you tell okay. people, or you go to this website, or here are some magazines, or here are some articles. Research this, and then later you're going to regroup and you're going to talk about it. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> you can do training like that. It's very easy, but it might solve that particular thing. I think, but don't these... overdo it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I I think with all these things, it's important like not to be formulaic. Another one I found because you you said the critical incident, something I found that was really almost like you know add water and it's like instant training is mm. just get a video of a lesson if they're readily available somewhere and you just say you know watch this take notes you know what what could you learn from this teacher what tips would you give them in a group make a list of what do you think are the top three things that you tell this teacher to improve on what what are the top three things you could take away from yeah. this teacher yeah. Yeah. and i feel that sort of mm-hmm. generates a lot of yeah. interesting discussion mm-hmm. without really any preparation yeah exactly yeah and then could be frustrating for people who want to so what is the answer now? <laughs> but you probably do that as trainer, that you add something to it and say like, well, did anyone notice this if nobody brings it up, right? So that, uh, I think that's an interesting point because I used to feel as a trainer maybe that like, well, my job here is a facilitator. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got right, really into that idea of modeling this thing of like not talking too much. But yeah, I think it's important to remember that as a trainer, you're probably the trainer because you are quite experienced. yeah. yeah. And people sometimes do want to hear what you've got to say. And I think also if it's something that's really relevant to the trainees, the trainer talking for five minutes can be very trainee or learner-centered if it's something that's going to help those people solve the problem. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's the quality talking time, right? (laughs) Rather than the the, the actual minutes. And that's why I think some training sessions, probably quite okay, some interactive lecture style. As long as there is variety and and that you do know what you want to get out of it. So you mentioned lectures there. Something I found really useful was just sometimes if you can find some good lectures on YouTube that are related to what this group of teachers needs, you can just show this 45-minute talk from like a, a really good speaker and then just leave 15 minutes at the end for, all right, guys, like discuss what did you hear, what was useful... So that, yeah, you don't always have to be the person giving the information. Yes, definitely. So you mentioned earlier this idea of like at the end of the training, doing some kind of review Mm. and getting people to sort of talk about. And what would you think? It was like, what's one thing that you'd be confident kind of explaining to someone else? And and what was uh, something that you want someone else to explain to you, right? It's just one of the many. Mm. Yeah, so what, what are some others then? One is... Okay, go through your notes, write one question, make sure you know the answer. And then you're just going to walk around and ask each other the question. And then the answers get better, right? Become a bit richer because they've thought about it. Is it a question about what you did in the training then? Yeah, yeah. So it's something like content, right? Yeah. And you give them a sentence starter. The light bulb went on when? And then hopefully there was a light bulb moment. Or (laughs) the penny dropped when? And then you have to complete that sentence. Find something in your notes that you didn't know at all, but now you learned something. And then hopefully they did learn something. And then you share it, right? But it's a moment, it's processing. It's also interesting to see what they found most useful. It's not always what you thought was the most useful. And I think, um, sorry, just, I think that can be such useful feedback as a trainer yeah. to see like what did people actually yeah. get out yeah. of this. And also when, when your explanation or clarification or whatever was not clear why okay maybe i need to change this a little bit how i try to get my point across because you do want transfer to the classroom right and obviously you got micro teaching doesn't always work 
Uh, if, if the other teachers kind of have to pretend to be young learners, it, it feels a bit fake. So, something uh, I've done with that that I find works mm-hmm. quite well is getting the teachers, first of all, and just saying to them, okay, I want you to think of like a student in one of your classes who's very memorable. I want you to write a profile of them. What's yeah. their name? What's their age? What do they do in their, your class? Like maybe they talk to the person next to them. Maybe they speak in their first language. Maybe they crawl on the floor. And you get them to write two or three of these put them in a hat and then before you do the micro teaching you just say oh lovely oh that's nice pick out a person yeah and then that's when i find you start to get sort of students misbehaving Mm -hmm. students talking to each other and you get these classroom management problems that that kind of naturally happen in classes Mm -hmm. that happen a bit more than that i do like the micro teaching because it's the closest you get to standing in front of people and trying to get your point across and then you get feedback right um something else i really like about it as well is is often stuff in there that you can then talk about so i remember doing this the other week and a teacher sort of walking around and and they basically had their back turned to almost all the students you know i said all right freeze okay like what's going on there right put up your hand if you can see the teacher right put up your hand if (laughs) you can't see the teacher and then we went into discussion of like well you know why might that be a problem yes exactly yeah i like it the closest you can get to transfer i guess is the processing at the end also, maybe it's like, okay, which of these ideas do you want to try out in your classes now? Something I've also yeah. tried recently is after the training, if you're in some sort of a social media group saying your homework is send a video to the group of you trying one thing you learned from the oh, training yeah. this week. And Very cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that can be really great. And it's so easy now, right? Works, yeah, yeah, so just ask somebody to quickly film a snippet of your lesson. so easy. Yeah. And then I, I also think there's this other benefit that if you know that's your homework, then you're probably more likely to actually put the thing in your lesson, yes. right, than yeah. you would be. So there's this thing... And you don't want to look like check. a fool, I guess. So you want to do your best. It's like, yeah, I tried it, didn't work. <laughs> probably not. That's, That's such a good point. So I remember interviewing someone on the podcast, and they were talking about this with kids and getting kids to film themselves doing a task. And the kids, they said, like, repeated this task three or four times till they got it perfect and, and, and kept recording it. <laughs> another take, another take. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I never thought before that that might actually also be the case for telling teachers the same thing. Right? Mm. Send a video of you doing this in class. And, and I, until now, just thought, oh, they'll do it once and, and send the video. But of course, maybe they did that in every class that yeah. weekend <laughs> until they got it perfect. They got the best one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one more time, everyone. That was Deirdrick van Gorp. For more podcasts, featuring Dietrich and many other guests. Check out our website, www.tefaulttraininginstitute.com. If you want to support the show, you can click on the link in the show notes to buy us a coffee, or you can leave us a good review wherever you listen, or you can simply tell a friend about the show. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye.